and welcome to another season of critically acclaimed book podcast, Yeah, We Read It. I'm your host, Maggie. And I'm also your host, Laura. Wow, Meg, can you believe our 11th season already? I honestly, I can't believe that critically acclaimed book podcast, Yeah, We Read It, is on their 11th season. I feel like I'm t- calling us that because that is the header that I used when I was trying to get Caroline Kepnes on the youth ser- season. Was- <laughs> Like, join us on Critically Acclaimed Book Podcast. Um, but I think we're prestigious enough. I think we've yeah, earned it. I feel like, you know, 11 seasons, I feel like we can continue to say that we are a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that we can be confident enough I think, in I that. think we're allowed to say whatever the fuck we want about our very own podcast. And you know what? Um, if anything, I'm so into self-preservation that if we even just have me as a fan to listen to old jokes about that I made myself that I thought was funny, I think that's all that matters. Hey, I love a stroll down memory lane from things that we said <laughs> on this podcast. Don't even get me started. Um, but we are going to get started on this season, season 11. Listeners, you're you're in a great spot. You're in a great spot because this is the first episode of the season. You're not, not coming in too early. You're not coming in too late. You're right on time. Uh, this season, we are reading One of Us is Lying by Karen McManus, uh, and this is a trilogy. Again, we've been feeling the trilogies lately. Yeah, and boy, Karen, did you McMahon us with this book series. Did you have that written down, Meg? Did you write that down for this podcast? <laughs> no, but I just yeah. thought of it. No, I do like it, but it, part of it did sound written down, but that's I know. okay. I thought of it on the fly because um, that's a joke for me to find later. Oh. Um one of us is lying. This book series moved so quickly. Once again, we are picking bangers this season. We are with the, we've this summer. entire year. We've I feel like we've been just killing it with our selections because yeah. I'm just gonna flat out say what we're all wondering. I loved this book. This book was so freaking fun. I think I read it in a day and a half. That's how good of a book it was. Yeah, I read this one really fast and then um, have been trying to hold off on tearing through the rest because I'm like, I will forget if I go. Right, I know. Like, cause like uh, there's so many characters and this plot is so like good and jumps around so much that I'm just like, I even was thinking about, cause I'm already on the third book and I was like writing my notes down today being like, do I remember what happened in the first book? I do, thankfully, but I was worried for a second. (laughs) Hey, luckily if we ever lose our place, we got that peacock show sitting right there, fresh and pretty. Yeah, yeah, we do. And boy, am I much like we checked out the summer I turned pretty after we read all the books. I am absolutely going to check out the show. One of us is lying that sadly, I don't think got renewed for a second season, but I will check it out after I read the third book <laughs> after this break. After this break. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. We just keep pretending like we're sponsoring for like breaks, <laughs> like yes, sponsor we're breaks. sponsoring for the, the peacock show. One of us is yeah. lying. Um, but this isn't the Peacock Show, One of Us is Lying. This is the book review. And with that being said, I feel like it's time for us to take a little dive down One of Us is Lying lane. Dun, dun. I feel like we need like dun, a dun. good, like, a good, like, uh, like what the law and order, like, dun, dun, because it's, it's a crime book, you know? Oh, it is. It's like a murder mystery book, which yeah. actually I don't think we've done. No, this is our first like time doing like a like a like a murder spooky time, but it's not really that spooky. But it is I guess, thrilling. I guess private, but I don't think private started off 
um like Probably intentionally into a murder mystery <laughs> kieran 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 had us going in all sorts of directions and i loved that for her i do love too when we talked to kieran she was like i don't even remember writing it but i will try <laughs> my best i honestly her writing tactic of just like i would just write down the like 10 most insane things and the most insane one is what i would go with and i'm like and that's how we got witches in private Uh, (laughs) we all witches no witches here um we do though we with uh one of us is lying we're gonna be switching off between four point of views Um, yes the main characters are bronwyn who's kind of the brainiac cooper who's like the athlete um nate who is like the bad boy yeah and addy who's like the homecoming queen um yeah so that's what the book's gonna be yeah, no, it is the the beginning of this book is very breakfast clubby um, yes. because we essentially are starting out with these four main characters are going into detention. There is a fifth character with them, Simon, who's kind of like the outcast, which again, very breakfast club. Uh, and they are students all at Bayview High. And we learn pretty quickly the from Bronwyn and her POV talking to Simon on the way to detention that Simon's a little snaky. He has an app that just is school gossip. So a little gossip girl mixed in there. Um, and nobody really likes Simon. So some, some, somehow Simon is become a character in the school that is both like worshipped, feared, and taken for his word, but also disliked heavily, which I think is so fascinating. Yeah, he's a very interesting character. Uh, like Laura said, he runs a gossip blog about that. I I thought he was gonna be a gay guy. He's not. Um, but that that's also why do you think I, he was gonna be gay, Mag? Because I don't know why a straight guy would run a gossip blog, but maybe well, that's Maggie. Straight know. people can run gossip blogs too. <laughs> I guess they can be interested in that. I feel like the straight guys I dated always hated yeah. reality TV. Mag, you so... need to open your mind a little more and stop thinking about things so black and white. You're right. Straight guys can be pity too. And they are all in this detention because they were caught with a cell phone out. Um, Mr. Avery, the detention guy, has collected all their cell phones. But Bronwyn insists that it's not her cell phone. She offers up her own cell phone. She's like, we, I think that they were planted on us. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, so it's interesting that all five of these people had a mystery phone planted on them. Uh, Mr. Avery has called them all into detention. He's going to have them write a detention essay um, while while they're doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, Simon is going to ask Nate, who's, you know, the criminal. He's an easy scapegoat. He's going to be like, hey, buddy, did you plant all these phones in our our bags because you're the only one that I feel like would be able to do that. And it's like, I don't give a shit about either any of you. Why would I do that? Um, but while while the essay writing is starting, an accident happens in the parking lot. We hear two cars crash in the parking lot. Mr. Avery springs into action. He's gonna dip out and Simon gets on his soapbox and he starts to call everybody stereotypes. He then immediately starts to have an allergic reaction. To water. He takes the a water. drink of so water. This is suspicious. Very They're suspicious. all running around because this is like a really bad allergic reaction to water. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. They're trying to get some EpiPens. Cooper, the all-star athlete, as aforementioned, he runs to the nurses, but for some reason, the nurse's room doesn't have any EpiPens. And then the ambulance comes, picks up Simon, um, and it, it seems like 
he does not seem like he's going to do too well. No, no. Things things aren't going very well. Uh, Addie, who obviously our, our preppy girl, our little homecoming princess, uh, she's going to call her boyfriend, Jake, just kind of in tears, kind of panicking. Jake, all-American style guy, he's going to take her home. And that leaves Nate and Bronwyn in the parking lot alone. And uh, we learn pretty quickly that they went to like elementary school together, but they're mm-hmm. not really friends now. They're very much on two different paths. Bronwyn being the academic and Nate being the little drug dealer that he is. Um, <laughs> but he's going to give her a ride home on his motorcycle. Yeah, the trauma bonding starts early with them as they go beep beep on the death machine, you know. Um, she does give in to drinking some... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But I was like, do motorcycles have horns? But I think they do. <laughs> I don't know. Um, she does drink some alcohol to calm herself down. Oh, yeah, I forgot on, about that. Which I thought Play. I was like, oh, I Not. will always fall for the bad boy making the good girl like do bad things like drink alcohol, which really Ooh. who cares at like 16. But it seems like a little bit of a romance will be brewing between these two. And she does get a call that Simon is dead officially, which is Yikes. not good. Not good. Not because they were just, they, they don't even know how they got in detention, much less now this kid died. Um, the next day, uh, we get a little more intel for Simon's app. Was it called About That? It's called About That. About that. Um, and we learned that from Bronwyn's point of view that the app is always right. Like, there's never been a wrong rumor on this app, which is kind of spooky. Um, <laughs> all of the detention kids do get, like, one-on-one counseling uh, mm-hmm. by the principal. And we also get a moment with Bronwyn kind of declaring that she's no longer interested to the academic boy she's been kind of flirting with, Evan. Yep. And she talks to Nate in the hallway and her friends are like, why are you talking to Nate? He's a criminal. So again, something's a brewing up here. And that can't work for Bronwyn because Bronwyn's trying to go to Yale. She's like this highly overachieving individual. Yeah. Um, she can't, she's a, she doesn't got time for the bad boy. We do kind of learn later on that she is kind of like overcompensating to um, try to carry the weight of everything since her sister had cancer in the past. So, yeah. That's Bronwyn's whole deal. Um, and then we kind of switch over to Cooper, uh, who is dating Keely. She is best friends with Addie. She sounds like the hottest girl in school. Yeah. Ever. Good for okay. her. Okay. Really? That's how, how you read her character. <laughs> I read her as like all the guys wanted to be with her um, and she was curvy. So I was like, okay, so she must be the most popular one. I was like Got trying it. to rank Addie, her, and Olivia. Got um, it. I think another friend of theirs. Um, but uh, also from Co- Cooper's POV, everybody is called into the office from this little four detention crew. They learned that Simon's cup was laced. Um, mm-hmm. So that's not good. Yeah, there was peanut oil in the cup. Yeah. He's got a peanut allergy. Yeah, he had a severe peanut allergy. Um, and then we also get um, a little bit of the aftermath of this as Cooper goes home. We learn a little bit about his family dynamic. He has his nanny, who's his rich grandmother, who they're living with. They're from Mississippi. Um, his mm-hmm. pops is what he calls his dad. His dad and him don't really have a close relationship. His dad just cares that he's going to be like a star baseball player. Um, and then we also learn that something's up with Cooper because he gets a text from somebody who is not Keely uh, saying that like uh, they really miss him and want to see him later. So we know that Cooper's probably cheating on Keely. Yeah, we do. 
Meanwhile, things are not going like that over at Addie's house because Jake, her boyfriend, have come over and it seemed like they fucked. And I was like, nice. Go off. Yeah. Jake does mention that Simon's mom wants him to be a pallbearer at the funeral. It's kind of noted here that like Jake was really close friends with Simon in the past, but not anymore because Jake became closer to Cooper and Jake and Simon kind of drifted apart. And that was when Simon started his blog to get Jake's attention, hoping it would work. Yeah, and we also learn here that, um, like, the really, like, the closest Addie's ever been to, like, knowing Simon is that her friend Keely made out with him at a party once a few summers ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we also then shift to Nate, who lives in a very, very shitty house that's very run down. We learn that his mom up and left him one day, and it's a really sad story about, like, how his mom was going to move to Oregon, and she kept saying, like, bring your lizard, we're going to go together, and then he just, like, waited an entire day for her out on the front step, and she never showed up. Yeah, his mom is bipolar, so she's, like, a little erratic, and, I mean, obviously, you know, manic and depressive, and his dad is also um, an alcoholic, Yeah, so that's kind of Nate's life, and pretty bad deal. This whole situation about, like, the weird way they got into tension, this weird, you know, Simon's cup was laced. Things are getting a lot weirder because a Tumblr post drops uh, that talks about a person's point of view of why they killed Simon. Uh, Mm -hmm. So now we're thinking this wasn't necessarily an accident. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the kids are, like, taking it as seriously as I feel like I would. I think it took them a while to figure out the Tumblr was, like, a, th- a yeah. threat that they should take seriously because it, like, details the all of the details of the room that they were in, yeah. essentially, um, and how they were going to kill Simon. But Nate doesn't really have time for that. Nate's got to no. go to Bronwyn's. Um, he just kind of pops up, which, honestly, I respect. I would have been, I- like... Like, a hot guy shows up to my house, I would have been really stressed out. And she just plays piano for him. Yeah, she plays a really difficult song. It's like, I know. (laughs) Further cementing his love. This booting, this booting booting romance. Booting. Why am I saying it like that? Booting? I don't know. Why are you saying it like that? Budding? Booting? I don't know. I think I'm re- I'm reading my next note, which is that Officer Budapest, which what a, what a banger of a last name. That's a good Um, last name. Yeah. He goes to Addie's that night, uh, and he notes that she was in the nurse's log that day and asks if she took EpiPens. Um, yeah, so Addie, why were you in the uh, office that day? She lies. She said she was getting Tylenol for her period. We later learned that Jake made her go to get Tylenol for him. Um, mm-hmm. And then we also get to meet her sister, Ashton, who's in this, like, awful marriage. I don't even remember her husband's name. That's how awful this marriage is. Um, and Ashton, I think it was Charles and Ashton really does not like Addie and Jake together. I think Ashton sees a lot of herself in Addie and she kind of throughout this book tries to like warn Addie that like, Hey, you kind of always air to Jake on everything. Like you are a shell of what you used to be because all you want all you are labeling yourself as is this girlfriend. Um, and this especially is cemented when Jake shows up to take Addie to this like beach bonfire and he makes her change outfits to wear something that he likes more. It's like a bonfire. She's obviously in a sweatshirt and like yeah. shoes. And he's like, hmm, instead of flip flops, what about like a low heel and not yeah. a big non form fitting sweatshirt? gross gross and she's like well it's gonna be cold and he's like well like but you'll be sitting next to me like it's awful um 
And also this guy TJ is there. And we learn that Addie hooked up with TJ a month after her first time having sex with Jake. Because she was so afraid that he was going to leave her that she self-sabotaged and cheated on him. So they are going to this bonfire with TJ in the backseat. When Jake gets out, TJ's like, look, let's just pretend like nothing ever happened. And she's kind of relieved about that because, I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's up. Uh, yeah, and then we're back with Cooper. Uh, Cooper's kind of just like a baseball guy. I feel like every time he was doing something with baseball, I just wrote down baseball. Um, yeah, I know. I wrote baseball showcase tryout things. <laughs> yeah, he's talking to a Padres guy. I had that written down. Um, we also uh, uh, do a cut to Simon's memorial. Um, and we are introduced to a girl named Leah, who was one of their classmates. And we learned that Simon was so brutal about the uh, tea he dropped on Leah that she tried to kill herself. Um, And Leah also does point out that another Tumblr post has just dropped. So whoever's making this Tumblr is making more of them. Yeah. And this one has a few more specific details about Mm -hmm. how exactly the person killed Simon. And now they're like, all right, we have to take this uh, maybe a little bit seriously, but they don't have time because it's funeral day. Um, Nate is there with his parole officer from a drug bust. Um, I'm kidding. (laughs) Honestly, I mean, if he's making money, he's making money. And at this funeral, the parole officer made him go to um, a new officer shows up and he's got some questions for Nate and all the girlies, actually, all the girlies. Yeah, everybody's getting girlies. I will say this got so confusing because everybody had a different detective name. So and it was like, oh, there wasn't just one detective on the case. There was multiple assigned to each child. Um, But I was also like, this would be more realistic because it wouldn't just be like, a single detective probably on a murder case or something like that. Just um, Officer Budapest. He's the only just, one. <laughs> he's well, a worldly no, man. Yeah, he's he's tra- traveled, well-versed, well cultured. That's why um, he earned his last name. Yeah, Addie's detective corners her at this funeral and shows Addie the admin panel of the app and shows mm-hmm. her that there was a page that was about to be published on about that that had secrets about each and every person. Uh, basically that Bronwyn had cheated to get a good grade in chem, that Addie had hooked up with TJ, that Cooper was on steroids and Nate's was like selling drugs. And she was, and everybody's like, well, that's obvious. We all knew that. <laughs> um, and Addie basically learns in this moment that they are all suspects. Yep. That's what the police are leaning to. So Addie tries to leave because she's like, I don't have to answer anything. Um, I don't have a lawyer and they're like damn technically true got her ass these detectives are so shady they really keep trying to like fear talk these children into like giving them information without like their parents or a lawyer present it is so snaky I know I feel like that would be so admissible in a court of law but whatever right like come on Addie calls her sister crying and Cooper meanwhile in his interrogation uh, he mentions that he, he thought his secret was going to be worse. So he, I was like, what is he hiding? Is he the one yeah. who Simon? Exactly. He, yeah, we, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to keep saying that. He he also doesn't really say that much, similar to Addie. He's yeah, and like, Bronwyn, Bronwyn doesn't even talk to the detective. Her parents intercept the detective before she can even get a peep out. Uh, much like uh, her herself, Bronwyn's parents are just, oh, 
smart overachievers. They're like, nope, we're not talking about this till we have a lawyer. Um, and Bronwyn, she's going to come clean immediately before things can get too out of hand. She tells her parents that she cheated in chem. They are not happy, but they're like, we do have bigger things to deal with right now uh, than you dropping this little truth bomb on us. This ride home is um, the complete opposite of Nate's ride home because it seems like the only person who kind of cares about him is his parole officer. Yeah. Because um, the parole officer, I mean, lays it on thick. She's like, listen, they're going to scapegoat you. Um, like, your life is pretty terrible. Um, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like, it's like, hey, they're going to put this on you because you're an underprivileged person. Like, <laughs> I mean, he gets home and his dad has, like, drank himself to the point of vomiting. And so he's like, ugh. So he goes over to Bronwyn's after this to meet up. But her dad pretty much is like, you cannot see her right now. And he's like, yeah. all right, so we're drawing lines in the sand. Yeah. I see how it is. Yeah. Poor poor Nate. He just wanted a pretty girl to look at, you know? I know. Um, and then we, we're going to check in with Addie, and she is at her sister Ashton's. And Ashton's like, hey, maybe you should just tell Jake because the truth's going to come out eventually. The truth will set you free. Um, and Addie's like, you're right. So Ashton's going to give her a ride over to Jake's. She's very nervously approaching Jake. She goes into the basement like they always do. And Jake's really calm at first when she says, hey, so I, I, I want you to know this from me that I had sex with TJ, uh, but I'm really, really sorry about it. And Jake goes, oh, you're really sorry about it. Like he's going to be like, maybe, maybe he's going to understand a little bit. And then he punches a wall. Oh, my God. I was like, fuck. Him. Awful. Awful. Absolutely awful. He's terrifying. Uh, so she obviously leaves. Ashton, great big sister, waiting for her across the street in her car, still like idling it, being like, in case this went bad, I'm here. Yeah, that was really nice of her. That was yeah. like, good of her to wait. Um, meanwhile, Bronwyn is finally meeting with her attorney. Her attorney's name is Robin. And Robin is essentially like, don't talk to any of the other kids involved because it will make you look bad. But that's really no. bad news because as we said, justice for the cute boys who just want a cute girl to look at. And that's Nate. Yeah, and, and justice for the cute girls who just want a cute boy to look cute at, boy Robin, at. who now just has to get her fixed talking to him in the school hallway. Cute boys looking at cute girls and vice versa is admissible in a court of law. <laughs> if I had a gavel, I would I, pound it. Mickey, I would go as far to say that I think that's in the Declaration of Independence. That is an amendment. That is an this amendment is what that our founding fathers wanted. Yes, The founding exactly. fathers want both cute boy and cute girl to constantly be able to look at each other if both consent to being cute to the other party. To the other party. That's exactly what That's, I was going to say. Some people just don't read the whole thing sometimes. But Nate's going to get real, real slay right here. Since he still wants to talk to Bronwyn, he's going to give her a burner phone. That's like the, the um, like, sluttiest way of making Pigeon Carrier a thing. And... <laughs> way of making pigeon carrier a thing and that should be a t-shirt do you remember did you have in middle school those like firefly phones that were indestructible that you could i remember those yeah that's what i'm imagining here she has just like a firefly phone and he's the only person on it i pictured it as like one of those like uh like i had like a nokia brick phone when i was in middle school that was just like prepaid phone uh, that was also indestructible looked like a hockey puck 
So that's what I was picturing this on because they never text on it. They can only call. So it does make sense. Regardless, just imagine a burner phone that is like an inch thick and you can drop it from a third story building and it won't break. That's yeah. And it's also nondescript at all. Like I'm, I'm picturing her handing her this giant phone in the hallway and it's going to stick out of her like bag. It's going to stick out <laughs> in her pocket. It is very obvious. <laughs> that's another one for Mr. Avery to take away. Um, <laughs> So while this is going on, Cooper is at lunch. He's trying to defend Addie to their friends um, because they're the popular kids. And the popular kids can turn on you in a heartbeat, Addie. Sorry, buddy. And he's going to see Jake get uh, punched, TJ. And it makes lunch real awkward because TJ, I think, still sits with them, doesn't he? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Honestly, Honestly, go off, TJ. Yeah. During this time, um, Cooper does get two important phone calls, one from a mysterious K, Chris with a K. Yeah. Um, Keely's like, who spells Chris with a K except for a girl? And he's like, it, no, don't worry about it. It's just a baseball buddy. Yeah. And um, one about his grandma, Nani, having a heart attack. Sad. Like, as if, as if being suspected for murder isn't enough. To get, like, a call that, like, your favorite guardian figure is in the hospital after having a heart attack? Like, poor yeah. Cooper. You know, um, if it was, like, I got a murder there, like, and then the MLB is taken away, and then Grandma has a heart attack, I would buy yeah. a two-liter of Mountain Dew, and I would play League of Legends and get really mad and break my computer. And maybe level up, get some Taco Bell for yourself, Cooper. Really cheer yourself up. Yeah. Um. Speaking of phone calls... Someone's about to get one on their burner phone. That was a nice segue, right? That was, that was. Thank you, thank you. I, I worked really hard on it in my brain and then I said it. Nate, he's going to give Bronwyn a call on her burner phone and Bronwyn just kind of lets it all out on the line. She says, I used to have a crush on you when we were kids. And Nate's going to say, I'm a playboy. And he invites a different girl over named Amber so they can do the dirty. I know. It's like after they've had this really nice late night movie talk <sighs> over the phone. You know when you have those with a crush? Yeah. You talk on the phone, you watch a movie, and then you're going to invite someone else over? Yeah. How dare you? Ugh. I hate it, but doesn't it make us want him more? Because we want him to pay attention to us. He's so not serious. I don't know. Maybe she dodged a bullet. The only late night movie watcher crush that I ever had turned out to be a furry. So what are you going to do? Oh, Addie. the way my jaw just dropped, I want to point this out for the listeners because, Maggie, I've heard so many stories, but I don't think I've heard the one that you had a late night movie crush that turned out to be a furry. Did you guys always watch, like, animated, like, movies that had, like, like I think little we talked about, ponies in them? I think we talked about Toontown. Um, you know this person. I will text you who it is. I'll give okay, perfect. Oh, my so- God. We're going to start our own gossip website, and we're going to drop a tea about this person. It's uh- not tea. They have a lot of followers on TikTok. Good. Okay. Going to ruin their life. Uh- <laughs> don't. We're not. We're not. I'm joking. I'm joking. This went too far. This bit went too far. Eddie, who's not a furry, is um, the only reason she's... people who aren't furries. Great segue. Did you like my segue? That was an awesome segue, Meg. This is a great episode for segues. Addie, um, she is being pushed to go to school by her sister, and it's not really great at school. She's really no. anxious. She's vomiting nonstop. Um, and she runs into TJ in the hallway, and she's like, fuck God, why do I have to deal with this too? Yeah. Um, and he's like, if they're going to be assholes, let's give them something to talk about. 
Yeah, so they're going to sit with each other at lunch, which is really cute. And also people are writing, like, horror on her locker, which is like, guys, come on. Guys, we can't What is this? High school? It is. So that makes sense. It is. Uh, It's it's a little too too mean. IMO. To make matters worse, the Tumblr post um, with the anonymous post posts the draft. That was a lot of posts. The drafted message Simon had on about that the next day, and now everyone in school knows their secrets. Yeah, yeah. So they are all getting called to the office uh, to kind of be like, hey, what what the fuck is this? Um, And Nate actually holds Bronwyn's hand under the table, which is like kind of hot because like they're like, okay. I love that. So the four of them do talk after because they're all finally like kind of in a collective like what the fuck is going on here. Um, But they don't really draw any conclusions. They're just kind of like this is a lot. They remain resolute. They're like we're not going to say anything. And later that night when Bronwyn and Nate are watching the movie they start kind of hypothesizing being like is it any of us? Could any of us have killed someone? But they're like there's no way between the four of us. And we also do learn here that Nate and Bronwyn are talking on their burner phones every single night. This isn't just like a, you know, when they're bored or anything like this is a ritual now. Yeah. So I guess that's going to be a thing. And this time they're actually closer to getting together because Nate is trying to get Bronwyn to come over and finish this movie IRL with him. And that seems like a little convo that is to be continued yes uh but cooper is now in the hospital with nani she's okay folks she's okay we know you were okay we know you were worried i definitely was because i was like are we gonna have another funeral in this book non-related uh no because nani is fine (laughs) she Um, comes really hot off of her heart like almost stopping by being like snaps back into advice mode jesus she's like break up with your girlfriend (laughs) i'm like all right well Hey, if someone almost died and that's their advice, I, mean, I feel like I have to take it. I do like how close their relationship is because, like, Cooper's, like, really filling her in about all this Simon stuff and how stressful it is and how, like, clingy Keely's being. And Annie's just like, hey, she's not the girl for you. Dump her. Um, and we also do hear in Cooper's thoughts um, saying to himself that, you know, he's not on steroids, but he's really worried because there is a much bigger story. Um, about him that is not on that Tumblr post, and he's worried that that could still come to light. So mm-hmm. something, something's in the in the cookbook. And it's a brewing. Can you feel the love tonight? You know what they say. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say um, like something amore, but um, that's amore. That's what I was gonna say. Like oh, the, that's amore. That's amore. When the moon hits your eye. Um, <laughs> Uh, it was going to be so good if I remembered it at the time, but I didn't. It's fine. It's fine. Let's move on. No one right now is having a good time, Laura included, because she can't remember what it was. <sighs> but no one more than Addie, um, whose sister, Addie's sister, who says that her husband is cheating on her. Um, and, and he's moving out. Huge bummer. But they have some sister trauma bonding, kind of Love. the crux of this relationship. And friendship. And whole book. I like yeah. that the moral is like, the friends you make through trauma, those are the those are the real ones, baby. <laughs> That's honestly kind of true. <laughs> yeah, and it's good that they're bonding because I mean she can't really go to parties with her friend group as much now. Um, yeah, and so it's things are turning up, Addie. Yeah, no, and Ashton uh, tries to get her to be like, "What's something you like to do before you started j- dating Jake?" And Addie's like, 
grasping at straws and says bike riding. So she's going to start riding a bike everywhere. Um, Now we're going to check in with Bronwyn, who is with her sister Maeve at the library. And we learn Maeve's a little tech deck head. Like she can hack into the mainframe like nobody's business. So she's on basically a burner computer at the library. So her IP address isn't uh, tracked. She is in the admin panel for about that the gossip website and we learned that cooper's post was updated before it dropped so there was something else there and somebody switched it out mm-hmm. we also learned about how Maeve got access it was some super techie stuff um so we're doing some dirty some dirty work because the cops aren't getting there fast enough is what we're getting and Maeve um, does notice an encrypted folder on cooper that she yes. downloads to try to break into later exactly so we might get that juicy hot secret and after this, they have to go pick up a new burner phone in a spooky little mailbox in a neighborhood <laughs> development that hasn't quite been built yet because Bronwyn's ran out of minutes. So romance isn't dead, folks. <laughs> Honestly, that's you go to lengths for, for the bad boy. Let me tell you. Absolutely. Let me tell you. Jake and Cooper, meanwhile, they have a run-in at this party that Cooper is attending, and Jake is drunk. Jake is, and as we know, when Jake is drunk and mad, he's a he's not fun to be around um i would argue jake's never fun to be around we even when he's sober he sucks i'm like you think he's fun sober then what's wrong he's also wrong you're wrong you're wrong um he is mad that cooper is standing up for Addie nonstop because he's insecure as hell i wrote down which yeah true true. and cooper also learns the four of them are now officially people of interest which is not good because that means there's going to be a media frenzy and that's exactly what happens next. From Nate's point of view, reporters have surrounded the school. Um, sp- not not fun. And he knows they're waiting for all of them to exit for the day so they can get bombarded. But he's going to help Bronwyn out a little bit. And they're going to escape on his bike through the backwoods that's at the uh, like tail end of the, the school. Um, yeah. And they're, they're like, where? Little- yeah. You're like, where are they going? Are they going to like a a resolute place where no one can find them? Nope, they're going to the mall. Mall parking lot. But they do almost kiss here. Um, It's also a little spooky, though, because like a van pulls up right next to them. And it's just like a soccer mom's van. Um, They go to the mall and they're going to like hang out while they're waiting for Maeve to pick Bronwyn up. Uh, But people are staring at them, which is not ideal. Uh, Bronwyn, ever, ever trying to be helpful, tells Nate to lawyer up. Um, which causes like a little bit of a, like a rift, but they get over it pretty quickly. She gives him a little kiss on the cheek. Yeah. She turns around. She's like, I'm sorry. She did do her research though. It's like a pro yeah. bono group called until proven who could, yeah, who she's, could just probably get a she's just trying to help. She's trying. And Addie is also trying to help too, because at school the next day she hears Simon's old best friend, Janae, who's kind of like a goth girl, um, crying yeah. in one of the bathroom stalls. And Addie's, like, trying to help. She's like, oh, do you need, like, tissue? Here's this. Like, hey, I've been there. Um, I was in this stall crying last week. And Janae's kind of like, oh, so you're talking to me now? What, because you don't have any friends? Honestly, fair, fair reaction from Janae. Yeah. Um, but they're kind of forming a little friendship, too. Um, and Bronwyn also invites Addie to sit with her at lunch, which is really nice because Bronwyn knows Addie doesn't really have, like, any friends right now. Um, and Addie on her like new paved journey to find herself goes and cuts all of her hair off after school. 
I love it. She like sits down it. at super cuts and they won't cut her hair because it's like so long and beautiful. And she just like takes a, a buzzer or trimmer and like does it herself. And she's like, deal with it. And I was like, oh, no, yeah. she says fix it. I was yeah. like, yeah. Oh my God. It was such a, it was such a like well-written scene because like the supercuts person is like, maybe just like a trim. I really like, I love your hair. Like it's fine. And to just like mask off, be like, nope, I'm going to cut my hair then and you're going to fix it. Yeah. Um. Now we're checking in with Bronwyn. Their story of them being suspects has gone international. Oops. And Bronwyn's sitting down to watch uh, Mikhail Powers, who's like got this like very like Anderson Cooper vibe, uh, doing a global story on them. Um, and Whatever it- happens internationally stays on Mikhail Powers investigative. Yep. Okay. I liked that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked I it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're shopping. Um, and it, the, this this entire show is very incriminating towards these children. The only saving grace is that he does interview a lawyer from Until Proven named mm-hmm. Eli, who is the only person who says there has to be more suspects because it just doesn't seem plausible. It, it just doesn't seem plausible that there wasn't some ulterior motive. There wasn't some other person in the room. Like, why was this car accident so conveniently happening when this was all going down? So Eli's somebody who Bronwyn really wants to talk to now because she thinks um, that he he might be able to help them. And she celebrates that night by, you guessed it, calling Nate. And once again, Nate is inviting her over. And she doesn't go. And she doesn't go. She doesn't go. But they are talking about boundaries and like around doing physical stuff and romantic stuff. And she's just like, I don't don't really have that much experience as you. And very cute. Very sweet. Um, And now we're going to check in with Cooper, who is going to dump Keely, the woman of the hour. Um, Another Tumblr post has been dropped as well. Um, And Keely, Keely's going to try to really dig her nails into this breakup uh, because Cooper doesn't seem very broken up about it. Clearly she is. So she's trying to make him jealous by saying, by the way, I kissed Nate before we started dating. Cooper doesn't react. And she basically calls him a robot. Um, which I think hurts him more than the breakup too. Uh, it's just the thought of him being very robotic about things. Mm-hmm. Um, so poor Cooper, he's just he's just getting it left and right, you know. I know he's just trying to do the best he can. Yeah. In science, the next day, um, Addie, who is kind of obsessing over the coverage about the girls, um, she is paired up with TJ for science class and. We can see that, like, Eddie's finally kind of changing a little bit because he says, because of man comments, he says that she seems a lot funnier and down to earth now that Jake isn't really, like, controlling her. And she's kind of upset about this. But in hindsight, she's like, maybe this is a good thing that I'm not uh, with him. Yeah. And she's also kind of realizing, like, oh, TJ likes me as a person. Like, not as, like, a, like a, like a coveted trophy. Interesting. So Addie's learning a lot about herself. Uh, and we love that for her. But she gets a vibe check when she runs into Jake in the hallway. <sighs> they agree to talk later that night. Maybe it actually seems like he wants to know how she's doing. So she's like, yeah, I guess I could get some closure later. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but we're going to cut to Nate, who's hanging out with Bronwyn after school. Finally, in a more secluded area, they're hanging out at a place called The Peak, which is just like a little like overhang in the woods. It doesn't go down very far, um, but it's it's hidden enough that the reporters won't find them. 
Um, and Bronwyn basically gives him the fill in on what she learned from Eli, uh, that he think that Eli thinks that the car accident was maybe planned. Uh, they all start to, you know, kind of talk about their suspectedness and basically promise not to kill each other, which then leads to them finally kissing. Oh yeah, they're making out and it is a very, very hot scene. It's like described in a way where like, like he kisses her while uh, she's laughing and they're like grabbing each other um, and it's interrupted by Maeve calling uh, yeah. saying that the police want to ask her follow-up questions, which sucks, Maeve. Oh. Read a room when you're not in Read it, a room, you know? Maeve. Know that your sister's getting it on right now and leave her alone. Um, but if that wasn't enough, Nate is obviously going to drive them back to um, his house where Maeve is going to pick her up. Nate's mother who Bronwyn thinks is dead is now on the front porch and Bronwyn oh, can't stick around. That happens. Don't you hate when that happens? And Bronwyn can't <laughs> stick around to ask him any questions because Maeve's beep beeping up in the car to say, Hey, get in, let's go to the station. Do you, <laughs> Mom said, get out the death trap. Get out the beep beep death trap. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so Bronwyn is on her way to the detectives um, and the detectives they get right down to it they pull up the post Simon made about Maeve who was getting too who was getting too drunk at a party I think like her freshman year yeah. really making a fool of herself um, and trying to like go after this one athlete kind of throwing herself at him and Simon says something like really insensitive about like she can't just throw herself at anyone despite having cancer and Bronwyn commented fuck off and die which I would too that's my sister. yeah and but but you know in the grand scheme of you know this guy just died doesn't look great for Bronwyn oh no. um no not looking good at all um but now we're gonna check back in with Addie who is at Jake's house and Addie, Addie, this scene is also really well written because it really does capture what it's like to kind of like hang out with an ex after you guys have broken up and all of that familiarity has been like sucked out and everything yeah. suddenly feels super awkward because she even mentions like, oh, I was so used to like you turn right when you first walk in because we would go into the basement. But now we're, he's leading me into like their dining room and we're sitting at this table, which feels super formal and yeah. it's very, very awkward and Jake doesn't ask her how she's doing. He asks about the investigation. Yeah. And it doesn't really go anywhere. She's just kind of like Bronwyn thinks that we should be looking into more people. The police should. And Jake gets kind of snippy and mad about that. And then he, of course, like an ex does, gets mad about the cheating thing, which is like, no, no, no. That happened weeks yeah. ago. We're over and, that. Okay. And we love this for Addie because she realizes that she doesn't need to put up with this anymore. They're not dating. So she just gets up and leaves. I love that. Takes her little bike on out of there. Pedals her way to hell. Anyways, <laughs> Cooper's at the gym. It's yeah, Cooper he time. Is. Cooper's at the gym, but he can't live a normal life like the other boys. He's like Hannah Montana. So, oh, wait, that's so good. That's such a good analogy, Mag. Thank you. So his bestie, Lewis, um, Miley Cyrus, swaps cars with him um, so Hannah Montana can enjoy his free time. He drives around for this a bit. Which is really nice of Luis to do. Like, they were just, like, almost followed into the gym. And Luis is literally going to say, like, let the media chase me for a little bit. You go be a teenager. Like, that's such a good friend. And what does he do? What every teenager does. He goes into the city where he meets up with his secret boyfriend, Chris with a K. Ah, 
and they, they decided to just get it on. And I was, yeah. oh, I was so hoping that Chris was going to be a boy and that was going to be the secret. And I was so happy when it was. I didn't um, even pick up like that he was cheating earlier on. Oh, until, really? No, I don't think I did at oh, all. That was, I was like, oh, he's cheating. Oh, it's probably a boy. Especially because they were like teasing out like, oh, Chris is a weird name. I was like gotta be a boy's name Scott. I know I loved this reveal oh great reveal Karen McManus McMahon we love it McMahon us us. well we're gonna figure it out Karen just just you wait we're gonna have a definition for you um (laughs) but in the meantime Nate's point of view um we switch over to that he is upset that his mom has showed up and she's like but I'm three months over now I want to make this work and but you've been gone for 10 years I know, seriously, I'd be like, uh, well, you got some more work to do. Yeah. He's mad, so he goes to this party where Vanessa, one of the popular girls who's friends with Addie, and is like the mean popular girl, she is hitting on him, and Bronwyn texts and is like, can you come over to talk? And there he goes, over going over to talk. And we're going to roll reversal. We're getting Bronwyn's point of view now. Waiting for, waiting for the boy that she invited over. She is grounded, so she has to sneak Nate into the basement, which conveniently has, like, a soundproof media room. <sighs> okay. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, and so he, they talk about his mom. It's a really good conversation, and, you know, he kind of talks about it was easier to say that she was dead because, you know, it's kind of how he started to feel it. Then they start talking about what are they, and they kind of yeah. say that, like, they wouldn't be opposed to being a thing. Uh, but they also really acknowledge that they can't be right now, given the circumstances. Uh, yeah, that they're he also for murder. has this weird complex where he always is like, you're too good for me to her. God, like, yeah, Nate, oh, come sh- on. Shut up your ass. Get over it. Um, but then they're going to end up making out for a really long time. Really long time to the point where he's like, can we watch a movie? Um, and also I need to, um, re cool down. That's what he says. Yeah. He's like readjusting himself. And I was like, that's okay. That's hot. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> hot. Um, now we're going to go back to Cooper and we're going to learn that Chris is a freshman in college. That's really all we get from this scene. That's the only note I have from Cooper's point of view. <laughs> I could have skipped over this and just went to uh, the next so part. so funny. Cooper, there's this and also now that we know that he's gay, another plot point is he is stressed about his dad finding out he's gay. Yeah, his yeah. dad is 100% a homophobe. I'm pretty sure at some point we had an F slur in this book, which makes sense in the context. Yeah. And he's remembering that um, maybe Simon was mad at him because Simon wanted to go to post-prom once, but he was really nervous that Simon would figure out he was gay. So he kind of banned his friends from letting him come. Yeah. And so he's like, maybe that is why Simon was mad at me. Yeah. Uh, But now Nate, back with him, he is having dinner with his mom. And she's she's really trying to turn it around. She's like, I'm going to help you guys pay for bills. I can help pay. I like I can help pay for things. So that's not all on you. Uh, And Nate is hesitant, but he's not fully opposed. He -hmm. does leave. Still uneasy feeling because his mom's obviously very flaky. And yes. he gets cornered by Mikhail in the parking lot of this freaking diner as he's trying to leave, um, which is not ideal. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a bummer. Yeah, but someone does talk to Mikhail because later the that day, Bronwyn's at lunch with Maeve and Addie. And Maeve pushes Leah, the girl who Laura mentioned earlier, Simon's blog post had an effect yeah. on her to the point that she slit her wrists. 
to go talk to Mikhail. And she does. She does. Yeah. Maeve does mention, too, that she has been going through these 4chan threads um, of Simon being on, like, school shooter Reddit, apparently. And she's like, I'm going to send them to Mikhail and Janae, Simon's ex-best friend, hears this. And she's, like, really upset and gets up to leave. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's not the best lunch break, I'll say it. Um, <laughs> I've seen better. Yeah, I've seen better. Um, Addie is next in gym class, and Addie's killing it on the track. Like, Addie's realizing, like, she's passing people. She's, like, sees Jake off in the distance, and she's like, I'm going to pass him, too. But Vanessa, huge bitch, needless to say, trips Addie, and she, like, skids all over, like, the turf track which is so painful if you've ever fallen on a track. Yeah. Um, and she has this really nice moment with Janae, though, that, like, kind of helps her get bandaged up. And Addie's like, you know, I don't really want to go to the nurse's office. I don't want to, like, visit that place, given everything that happened. Um, yeah, and, so she goes and yeah. um, takes – she goes to the girls' restroom. Um, Janae shows up, and she essentially asks Addie if she wants to hang out later. And Addie's like, yeah, that works – um, but Janae is like, my house is kind of like, uh, not the best place. So let's go to yours. So when they go to Addie's, Addie kind of leaves her to go get like a snack for her or something. And she leaves yeah. Janae in her room like a bit too long. And when she comes back, Janae's being really weird and rushes out. And Addie texts the interaction to Bronwyn and Bronwyn is like, be careful. I don't trust her, which yeah. I also don't. Same. Yeah. Janae's, Janae's a little, a little fishy. Um, and speaking of fishiness and shadiness, Cooper is brought back into the questioning, back in for questioning. The police are the ones being shady here. I will preface this. They have found out that the story that was supposed to be posted instead of it was Cooper being on steroids, which is proven to be false time and time again. They find out that the story was Cooper is gay. Um, and they literally force him to come out. And he has to come out to his dad that night. And his dad, as we know, is not very accepting of it. So it is so it's, wild because yeah, it's like it's, they brought him in to like question him. And then, of course, like it's like, well, if you're going to be like, do you want your parents here for this? The parents are going to be like, what's going on? What's going on? You're going to yeah, have to come out. It's so sad. It's so brutal and so unfair. Um, the next day, Cooper does come out to Addie. He just like wanted like someone to like, get told versus like it just kind of like getting leaked as it immediately does which is also such a bummer everybody finds out and is trying to bully bully cooper at lunch nate calls out vanessa for being awful um and then the 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 little detention buddies they all sit together Luis joins them because Luis is a ride or die friend and we love that yeah so later the night that that night the four of them meet up in this like unfinished house they're like gonna talk through possible facts uh, to try to narrow down a suspect but they don't really come up with much and it seems like the media is kind of turning in their favor because later on McCallie's show he is talking about how he's really furious that Cooper was outed that the yeah. police are just going off of suspicion and ruining these kids life with like no real concrete evidence of anything um which makes sense because mccallie is also gay and it seems like things are like finally changing um and then bronwyn gets a call and she sees that nate got arrested on the news which is not good no no after everything was going so well this is the worst thing that could happen yeah um uh bronwyn 
ever ever the person to take things into her own hands. Uh, she calls Eli. She gets Nate's mom to help. Um, she's she's really trying to push them together because like Eli's like Bronwyn, you cannot help with this. Like you were you were also a suspect. It's foul play. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. So she's really encouraging like Nate's mom and him to work together, which is really nice. Um, yeah. But things, uh, uh, you know, sucks to be Nate, but great to be Cooper because colleges are finally uh, giving him attention again. His dad's still ignoring him, but. Um, yeah, they're only giving him attention because they're getting hate for discriminating against him. Yeah. <laughs> which sucks. Uh, uh, I feel like uh, it's like, you're like, all right, well, I have a token. And then my dad is also indicating that it's a choice to be gay. Um, yeah but nani's silver lining here nani's like i want you to invite chris over to dinner so like maybe there is a little light at the end of the title i know really sweet the next day bronwyn has a meeting with nate's mom and eli from until proven um and tells him that there's like evidence that they have against nate eli tells bronwyn which is that there's epipens in his locker a notebook with all the tumblr posts um that were popping up on it and um She's like, it has to be planted. They've already, like, looked through all of his stuff. Um, They searched his entire place. They found nothing. And it doesn't really matter, though, because Eli's like, they're sending him to federal prison. They might do that. Um, And that's when Eli decides. He's like, I have to actually take the case. I know I'm really busy, but, like, I have to take it on. Yeah, Eli is like, this is too suspicious. I'm going to take on the case because this is fucked up. Um... Checking in with Addie, TJ comes into her house to return the uh, textbook. And he's like, hey, do you want to study? That could be fun. We're kind of friends now. And Addie's like, no, I don't want to do that. Um, and Ma- Addie's mom, who is awful, gets pissed because she thinks Addie's basically damaged goods now. And how dare she not want to spend time with a boy? Because Gross. clearly having a boy is how you define status as a woman. It's awful. Um, but Addie and Cooper then go to Bronwyn's and Addie realizes as they're kind of comparing notes on this whole Nate situation, that one of the details in the Tumblr posts is something she made up when she was telling Jake about what happened in Mm -hmm. the questioning. Um, it was some like lie that she made up about like seeing like one of the detectives, like eat an entire plate of donuts that never actually happened. So Jake's Jake's looking sus as Fuck. Bronwyn is on her own little investigative track. Luis uh, found the number of this plate that was belongs to the car in one of the wrecks during mm-hmm. detention, and she tracks it down to this school. She waits in the parking lot until she sees him, and when he comes by, she basically just kind of asks if he saw anything weird, and he says, actually, I was thinking about telling you this, but someone paid me and my friends a thousand dollars to get into an accident. And she's like, oh, it has to be Jake. And he's like, no, actually, it was Simon who paid them, which is so weird. Right. Kind of nuts. So now it's like now Simon's looking sus. Jake's looking sus. So Brian's um, like, I got to hold a meeting with everyone and we got to yeah. talk about this. Yes. Yeah. So coffee shop meeting through the eyes of Cooper. Um, and it is conveniently located at the lobby level of Eli's building, which Eli enters the coffee shop saying, I can't, I'm not, I don't see any of you because like, <laughs> again, I don't want this to interfere with my work. Um, and Chris is also there. Chris is getting acclimated to the little friend group. Um, and they're comparing their post-it notes. And Chris, fresh pair of eyes, is like, well, what if Simon committed suicide and Jake helped him? So they kind of rearrange their post-it notes and they're like, wait a minute, Jake and Simon did used to be friends. Could that be it? 
And he also said something that Bronwyn remembered about him saying that he is just the omniscient narrator before he died and and drank his entire drink. So they're starting to think, did he set all of this up? Um, He did say on one of the 4chan um, incel Reddit threads that he wanted to do something essentially more traumatizing and long lasting than a school shooting. And this would be it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, and we do get a quick cutaway to Nate in Juvie here. This is like a page and a half of him just like shutting down, Aww. doing what he's told, not talking to anybody. It's, it's, it, he's not doing well. Um, then we check in with Addie, who remembers another detail that Jake did hold her backpack the day that the phone was planted in, all of their backpacks. Um, so that, that's a little sus. She and- does. Yeah, she yeah, also notices that Janae's been out of school, so she's like, maybe I should check in on her and ask her about this. And y'all, Janae's been out of school because she feels guilty because she's holding in a lot of things. She goes away for a minute, comes back with Simon's manifesto that basically confesses to this entire plan of committing suicide, making it look like a murder framing all of these people and just forever ruining their lives because they're all wanted for murder. So yeah. Wow. Jesus. He had his reasons too. He was mad at everyone. Cooper got him blacklisted from that after prom. Bronwyn screwed him out of model UN finals um, yeah. by like accidentally giving him the wrong address, but she just, it was an accident. And Keely, the girl that he was obsessed with ended up kissing Nate, which kind of leaves Addie out of it so Addie's like well why am I involved then and it's because Jake figured out Simon rigged votes to be on prom court and how pathetic is that um and so Simon shut Jake up by saying that Addie had cheated so then Jake was like all right I'm in let's do this let's frame all of them yeah so that's how Jake's involved and he's our little puppet master now and he has blackmailed Jake has blackmailed Janae with some secret that we never find out um, to help basically keep this hush hush. Um, I think and that's he like Janae... recorded their convo and said that he would pin it all on Janae. Yeah, yeah. So like, and that's why Janae feels so guilty because she's like becoming friends with Addie, and she also misses her friend, and she also is just being like basically controlled at this point. Yeah. Um, and she's the one who put it all on Nate. Because she was supposed to put it all on Addie and she couldn't bring herself to do that because Addie's been so nice to her. And at this exact moment, Jake shows up and Addie's like, I'm going to hide in the corner and record the conversation and we'll get out of this mess. But Addie, she has uh, not put her phone on silent. So her phone rings up with whatever MP3 that she has as a ringtone. It's a Rihanna song. I don't remember. It's a Rihanna song. I hope it's Shut Up and Drive. I don't remember which one it, uh, it is. But <laughs> I don't think it's the it's This next that, scene set know. to Shut Up and Drive would be really cool. Oh, that'd be great. So her phone is going off and Jake is like, okay, why are you here? And starts chasing her. And yeah. she's running through the backyard. She's running through the woods. And he shoves her to the ground and slams her head into a rock. And he is like, you know what? You were supposed to be the one in jail, but this will do instead. And starts choking her. Yeah. And as Addie is fading from consciousness, because not only is she being uh, asphyxiated, she has just obviously gotten her head bashed in. Cooper, who was waiting in the car for her, comes and runs into the woods. Thank God. Tackles, Tackles Jake. 
and we cut to Nate, who is getting let out of jail because Eli got him out. We learn that Addie is in the hospital and Jake has been arrested. So we get a lot, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, she has like a minor fracture in her skull um, and Nate is out, which he should be happy about. But he's kind of got some like not even survivor's guilt. He's just like, I should have done more, which yeah. is maybe a survivor's guilt. Yeah. And Bronwyn is like all ready for this hero's reunion. But since Nate feels like he's contributed nothing, he's kind of internalizing those feelings of self. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's being very distant, which we don't love. Cooper's um, on the cover of People magazine, though. In yeah, one week later, Cooper's on the upswing. <laughs> uh, his dad is, like, coming around to the whole gay thing, which we love. Thank you, <laughs> which Papa. Which we love. Thank you, Papa. Uh, and then the colleges are also coming around because they're like, oh, my God, we could be, like, we could show how what an ally we are. What a so, woke we are. A little, yeah. little woke university. So things are looking good for him. Janae's um, going to get a plea bargain, and she's friends with Addie, so things are looking up for her, well, what too. was her secret? That's the thing I'm realizing. I want to know what she was blackmailed with. I don't um, know. Uh, Karen, you better tell us what... I'm going to tweet at Karen constantly and be like, tell us Janae's secret. <laughs> tell us. Um, um, Addie's in recovery mode. We also learned that Ashton and Eli, they're becoming a little bit of a thing. Oh. That's kind of cool. Um, and Ashton gets her own little apartment. And invites yeah. Addie to come live with her, which is really sweet because Addie and her mom don't get along. That's a hero's ending right there. Bronwyn goes on McCallie Power investigation. She kind of wants to set the record straight. She says that she feels awful about cheating. She says she wishes she didn't do what she did to Simon. Um, and she's like sad too because when she goes to Nate, she's like, I know, I know what you're going through. I know it's hard. I'm here for you. And he's like, thank you for everything you've done. Um, but I think we should go back to normal. Obviously we don't belong in each other's lives. Boo. And- Why did boo. they do that? Boo. Gross. Nate, boo. That's She's sad about Gross. this, but she should keep her blinders on because she does get a tweet from Brown University saying that to air is human and that they are looking forward to her application to Brown. So yeah, I think it was Yale, wasn't it? Oh, Yale? it was Yale. It was, it was Yale. Guys, it was Yale. I'm manifesting um, for me because I want to apply to Brown. It's yes. Yale. Um, um, and then we're in Epilogue Center, the Epilogue mode. Uh, it's three months later, and Bronwyn's kind of dating Evan, that guy from the beginning of the book. That's you know more her speed, as Nate would put it. Um, but she talks about it being like a very safe romance. It's not like a very you know I'm not passionate. passionate. Uh, she's also interning at Eli's and it is the night of her big piano recital. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's still friends with like Addie and Cooper and it's going really well. We also know that Ashton and Eli are officially official and uh, her piano recital goes really well, but she's like, can't help you feel like something's missing. So she goes outside into the parking lot and who does she run into but Nate? Who's there? Nate, who we learned that Addie has meddled Nate into being a fucking person and standing up for his emotions like Um, three months later yeah come on uh but he apologizes and actually apologizes like well not even just like and i'm sorry if you felt like i didn't want to be with you like no he like genuinely apologizes Mm -hmm. and 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 he asks her if he wants to go see divergent too because he knows she likes the divergent movies and that's how it ends that's how it ends happily ever after until book two who did you think um it was 
for so for like the first part of the book i was like very convinced like oh if if the title's one of us is lying it's got to be one of the main four Mm. and i was very much like it's probably addy i was like "Mm, i feel like it's got to be addy and then once i kind of was like coming around to the idea that it could be somebody else i started thinking it might be Maeve because she's like got all these computer skills oh um and and then i started being like "Mm." i i didn't really get jake being super sus until like um he was asking Addie all about the investigation I think that's when I was like maybe it could be Jake but I I really was like how is I for a lot of this I was like how is this book going to end Mm. I think I thought in the beginning it was Nate because I'm a sheep um (laughs) (laughs) and then I think I was thinking it was Janae um just because I thought it was a really good guess I thought it was really sus how she like ran out so fast. Um, It definitely never crossed my mind that it was Simon that killed himself though. Yeah. So true. Um, So let's, let's talk about our top five, Maggie, because we, no, 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 no. Let's end with the top five because this book, we, we realized we were talking before we started recording and we were like, canceled character doesn't really make sense in the vein of this book because it's kind of obvious you cancel like Jake, the person who did all of this yeah Jake and yeah, Jake and or Simon or both um so we decided that uh the theme for this uh book series would be who's the biggest liar because one of us is lying then which one of them lied the most yeah or the most believably for my biggest liar, I'm going to say Mr. Avery, the teacher of detention, because wow, how can he hate phones, take four phones away from kids at the beginning of the book, and then we never see it returned, you know? Yeah. yeah. What's he holding onto those phones for? Is he playing Pokemon Go on four phones? Mr. Yeah. Avery, we want answers. Yeah, see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and say Cooper, because not only did oh. he, not only did he, like lie about this uh like whole relationship like he probably had to have some lie with chris going because like he had a girlfriend it wasn't even like chris i'm single like he was lying to keely he was lying to chris he was lying to pops lying to himself pretty important yeah that makes sense i think cooper is (laughs) makes more sense as an answer yeah yeah but but mr avery is also a really good one um Cooper's has legs more than yeah, I know. I'm standing on one leg bit. like a flamingo over here. <laughs> and then you're a beautiful flamingo, my friend. And in lieu of lying, kind of ties into our top five too, because our top five is going to be the top five other secrets the main characters could have had that Simon might have revealed. Yes. What else could they be holding on to? Um, who wants to start? Do you want to start? Do you want to I'll start? I'll start because I want to order this so I get to say number one because I'm really excited about. Yeah, one. Laura came up with number one. It's it's really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but this is a, this was the one that uh, Maggie mostly came up with, and we tag team kind of like the 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 legs of it. Um, and we we put a secret for Simon in here because we were like Simon would have a secret. Um, uh, and Simon's secret is that he loves Mall of America, and that he spent his entire savings to go secretly visit there one weekend. Yeah, maybe he wanted a photo with Snoopy or, oh, I guess it's Nickelodeon now. Maybe he wanted to go on the SpongeBob roller coaster. All yeah, day. maybe. Uh, number four, our secret is good girl Bronwyn. Her real name is Bronathan Windsor Rojas. You ever heard of something like that? Because we yeah, have. Yeah, pretty embarrassing that name. got out, honestly. <laughs> um, number three, Maggie slayed this one. Addie used to be into witchcraft and probably cast some spells that she's still dealing with the consequences of. 
that's a very believable one. I feel like given Addie's um, just uh, journey in this book. So that's honestly a who has a slate from me. Number two, uh, we think that Cooper has to bury every high school baseball from every game that he gets as like some weird superstition so he can pitch at his speed of like 93 miles per hour. Yeah. I just want people to know that that's an insane speed. Yeah. I forgot to mention 93 miles per hour. Absolutely. And number one, Nate's big secret is that he likes to go to the supermarket and ride the little horsey rides that cost 25 cents. Um, And that's his biggest secret. Hey, sometimes you need a break from the hustle and bustle of drug dealing to just ride on a horsey machine. Hey, don't we all love to ride on a little horsey machine? Don't we? And and on on that note, we'll end it with a nay. A nay from us at Y'all We Read It. I I love that. Um, (laughs) Ride our horsey on Twitter and TikTok. (laughs) I love it. Keep going. Keep going. I don't know. It's a train wreck. Um, We are on Twitter and TikTok at Yah We Read It. Um, We are on Instagram at Maggie underscore and underscore Laura. And if you want to make us freak out um, and create a nondescript email and do a one of us is lying to us, you can email us too. Yeah. Yeah. Send us like a, uh, one of those. uh, um, one of those like fucking letters that yeah. you use to blackmail people. Those ones all the magazine letters cut out. Please. I don't, I don't, why do I, why am I forgetting? Ransom note. That's what yes. I was thinking of. Send us one of those. That would be fun. I'd love to decode something. Hold us hostage at Maggie and Laura present at gmail.com. <laughs> but please don't hack us. I think we're too stupid. We don't get technology to understand yeah, how to please, unhack. Please don't do that. But also maybe hold us hostage in your hearts and maybe hold us hostage in your phones. If you subscribe to us, You'll get a download each and every time we upload a new episode. So <laughs> that's really exciting for you. It's really exciting for you. You'll get some Maggie and Laura every single Wednesday whenever we're we're dropping a season. Um, but next week we will be back with book number two, which is one of us is back. Is it one of us is back? I think that's oh, no, it's one, one of us is next. Dang yeah, it. it's really, I was so excited. Like, the titles are so I was gonna say back, and I was like, I really think that's the third one I'm reading. One of us no, is no. next. Yeah. Next. So next week we'll we'll be talking about that. And until then, we hope you stay safe out there. Was that too creepy? We can do a bit different. And ending. we'll hold each other hostage in your hearts, in our hearts. That's together. Beautiful. Together, we love you. Nay. <laughs>